copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 106. Stand by to assist Captain Cato and Nick Harris on the special assignment. That's all. Rolls and quits. Friends, 
It is a privilege for me to present one of the finest private detectives in the world, Nick Harris, who has opened his private file to bring you tonight's broadcast of calling all cars. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Harris. Thanks, Steve. And I could say a lot of nice things about you, too. And good evening, everyone. I'm very happy to participate in the fine work this broadcast is doing. During the many years I've been a detective, I have constantly carried on what might be called missionary work in my attempt to educate the public to the fact that crime does not pay. For this reason, I have watched with interest the splendid work Calling All Cars has been doing for the past two years along these same lines. I was more than pleased to cooperate when I was asked if I had some material we might use for these broadcasts. The story we selected to dramatize tonight is a strange one. The sort of a story you might expect from the pen of an Edgar Allan Poe or a Conondor. Yet it all happened, just as you will hear. Had the mastermind of this criminal been employed upon a more legitimate enterprise, he might have made himself many times the fortune he hoped to gain by his illegal activities. The criminals are funny that way. They never seem to learn that apparently the easy way of the lawbreaker is inevitably the hardest way. We, who every day see the fallacy of the criminal psychology, can only hope that through our educational activities, those who may be contemplating a crime may be deterred before it's too late by the realization of the idiocy of breaking the law. Our story begins on an August morning, several years ago, when I received a telephone call from Wesley Barr to the editor of the Los Angeles Evening House. West was somewhat excited. He told me he had a mission for me to solve and asked me to hurry over to the city room. Fifteen minutes after he called me, I was standing beside his desk. Well, Wes, what's on your mind? This note came in this morning's mail. Oh? What's it say? Listen, it's addressed to the city editor, and it reads, If you will go to the Westlake district, you will find a man named Gavreau. When you find him, you will have the mastermind burglar. I am writing this to save some mother's innocent son, and it's signed a friend of humanity. No, what do you think about it? Maybe it's a publicity stunt, some Hollywood press agent is pulling, and maybe it's on the up and up. Oh, I've got a hunch it's on the level. Well, if it's a publicity gag, I don't want to be the ghost. And if it's legitimate, it's a matter for the police. So I thought I'd better send you out and get the lowdown. Okay, Wes. Only listen. If it turns out to be the real McCoy, you're giving me a scoop on it. Don't worry, Wes. You'll get it. Exclusive. So, Nick Harris details a couple of men to investigate the hotels and apartment houses in the Westlake District for a man named Gavreau. The officers play in luck. For the fifth place visited, they locate their man. An hour later, they are reporting to their chief. We found a fellow by the name of Gavreau, registered the El Capitan apartment in West Six. First name is George. Mm-hmm. What did you find out about him? Well, not much, but enough to sound suspicious. Yeah, the manager of the El Capitan said he was a queer one. What do you mean by that? Well, he comes here and goes out of strange time. Nobody knows anything about him. He keeps to himself all the time. Well, well we're following up. 
You two boys go out there and settle that bird. Find out where he spends his time and why. Okay, Chief. Watching their man whenever he leaves his apartment, the shadows soon discover that he makes daily visits to a trunk factory on Main Street. They interview the manager of the establishment. Yes, gentlemen, what can I do for you? You know a man by the name of Gavreau? George Gavreau? Yes, indeed. He's a customer of mine. What do you know about him? Oh, nothing much. Why do you ask? We're officers doing a little job of investigation. We want to find out something about the man. Mm. We'd appreciate your help. Well, of course, I'm always glad to help the law. Well, all right, then. What do you know about this law? Well, as I said, I really don't know very much. I'm making a trunk for him. You know why? I think the guys are nuts. What do you mean? Well, he wants a trunk that's padded inside and has a small seat in it. What? Yes, and it's to have a false top that can be opened from the inside after the trunk has been lost. Now, what the devil's all that for? Well, he says he's going to do a whole jimmy act on the stage. I tell you, I think he's just... Well, it sure enough sounds daggy to me. But don't forget that note that Bannigan was a mastermind burglar. <laughs> I'm beginning to like the looks of this case. But it doesn't make any sense to you. That's why I'm beginning to like it. I think maybe there is something here. And it starts making no sense, you're just around the corner from the answer. And you boys go on after that guy's tail and don't lose sight of him. Day or night. You may be surprised what you find out about him. I followed him upstairs. He went into room 12. Had a key to her. Now, what do you suppose that guy's up to? To the swell apartment on the El Capitan and a room in a dump like this out on South Flower Street. Well, we've got to see what the landlady knows about him. Okay. Here's the apartment around here. Apartment around here. Tenant here by the name of Gabro. Yes. He's in number twelve, isn't he? Yes. What do you know about him? Who wants to know? Well, now let's not get in an argument, lady. We're merely asking some questions. Hey, you look like cops to me. Well, even if we are, we won't get you in any trouble. Well, can I depend on that? You can. Well, I I don't know nothing about Mister Gabro, excepting that he pays his rent in advance and. He hasn't slept in his bed since he took the room. Oh, hasn't slept in his bed, eh? Oh, that don't bother me none. If you don't sleep in it, I don't have to make it. How long have you had the room? About ten days. Can I look here? I don't want you to go make no trouble for him. If all my roommates are just quiet and here, something to it. Well, we'll find out soon enough. The birds go back there, rent the room next to his, and throw a bit of gas in it, and stake out on it. I'll put another man on the outside to shadow him whenever he leaves the place. Okay, Chief. With a man constantly at the dictograph, and another constantly shadowing Gavreau when he leaves the rooming house, the suspect is always under Miss Harris' surveillance. A few days later, Gavreau was seen scraping up in the presence of a boy about 19 in Westlake Park. He was followed to the flower seat room, and once certain that Gavreau had gone to his room, the 
sheriff's officers joined his partner at the pictograph. You just came in? Yeah, I know it. I didn't tell you. Picked up a young kid from the park. I suppose you know now. Put on those earphones and see what they're saying. I couldn't get close enough to anything in the park. Tell them that you have valuables worth a lot of money in this house. 
sin and that sum is nothing left for you. And that's the story, Mr. Winder. But it's the most fantastic scheme I've ever heard, Mr. Harris. It's, it's incredible. You let it know, it's true. Now, I want to ask your cooperation with matter. I want you to let the boy have the chunk moved into your vault. But look at her. You realize the chance I take by doing that? Suppose something goes wrong and this kind of bears work. Why, the bank has valuable stored in those vaults worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I assure you that nothing will go wrong, Mr. Langer. I'll have men posted here in the bank. I'll be here myself. There isn't a possible chance of anything happening to your valuable. You realize that if news of this thing leaks out to my depositors, I, I'll be ruined. No one would leave their belongings in the bank for such things happen. I don't feel it all right about this, Mr. Harris. Naturally, I understand your feeling. But I can't see how you fail to realize the importance of this man. I want to catch the criminal red-handed. This way, I can. Well, there's something I don't think you know about our walk, Mr. Harris. Every night, in order to protect the spurs and things down there, we spray a chemical solution into the walk that is powerful enough to kill a man. If this criminal ever does get in, he won't be alive in the morning. Oh, it's just a different light on things, doesn't it? Well, if you want your man alive, it does. All right, I'll tell you what. If you'll allow the trunk to be put in there, I'll make an arrest before you close the wall. How's that? Well, I suppose that would be all right. That way, there'll be no danger of anything happening to your deposits, and I'll still have my man in the case against you. you agree to that? All right, Mr. Harris, I will. Good. All you have to do is to act as though you suspected nothing. I'll take care of the rest. Very next day, Gavreau suddenly changes his plan. Instead of a bank, he informs his assistant that he has selected a land storage company for the robbery. But he has set the date for that week. But he has set the date for that week. Reporting at once to their chief, and then plan a new strategy. Did Gavreau give any reason for his sudden change in plans? He told the children on account of a lot of the screen stars being robbed lately. Did Gavreau give any reason for his sudden change in plans? He told the children on account of a lot of the screen stars being robbed lately. They put all their stuff in the storage place. There were a lot better chickens there than in the bank. I see. Well, that changes our plans a little, but not seriously. You got to let them get into the storage warehouse, Chief? Oh, I am. And a few of us will pick up the boy. We'll enter the building and wait for our friend to make an appearance out of his magic trunk. Huh. Won't he be surprised when he sees us? Well, I don't imagine he will. Not too happily surprised. <laughs> I'd still like to get a look at the inside of that trunk. Now I'd better go out and see the manager of the Cinema Line Storage Company and tell him about it. Oh, I wanted to stay with the dictograph sheet. Right. And if our genius makes another change of plan, let me know at once. Oh, well, don't worry, we will. And I hope he doesn't. I'd kind of like to finish this thing up. Sure, boys. We should have Gavreau behind bars before the week is out. Unbelievable, that's what it is. Like a storybook. Not quite as harmless as a storybook, but certainly strange scene. Well, what is it you want me to do? Well... I'm not just sure of what day they'll bring the trunk in, but I'll have men stationed outside watching your place all the time. All you have to do is to act as though everything is all right. Have the trunk moved into the warehouse and let my men take care of the rest. Are you sure there won't be any skipper? Absolutely. You needn't have a single here. Well, all right. But I do say pick some place else instead of here. 
gives the fellow the speech knowing that bandits were around. Uh, how do you know it's the right... Uh, how do you know it's the right point? I'll let you know. Now, don't worry about that. Hmm, kind of nervous about it, but how do I get to say so? I'm sure you do it that way. Thanks a lot. Don't worry. <laughs> The plan was carefully laid, and in a suitable net was thrown around the cinema land storage building. A dozen fellow operators are racing to keep the spot in the neighborhood. From the second floor of a small building across the street, two men watched night and day. From the cab of a milk wagon parked down the street, two more men seen the men on loading and unloading crates of milk, keeping a alert eye on all titles by. Meanwhile, in the office of the Look. If you let this story leak out to a rival journal, I'll mail your skin to a print. Don't forget that you promised me a super. I'm not forgetting, Wes. I can't give you anything more than I already have until they make a move. When they do, you'll in on it. Yes? Oh, I send them in. What's up? Nothing to do your rag any good, you old news host. With Herman Klein and Ed Cato from Central, I sent for them. Well, I guess I might as well leave you to talk to them. Let me know when things begin popping. Come in. Oh, hello, boys. Hey. You know West Bar, don't you? Sure. How are you, Herman? Ed? Oh, hello, Wes. Might know we'd find you here if there was something breaking. <laughs> Sit down, boys. I thought you might be interested to know that we'll stretch our little trunk genius to pull his act any minute now. Good. I was going to think maybe he's been running up the wrong alley or something. <laughs> no. We're in the right alley. It's just been a matter of waiting. But it looks as though we're just about to go, finally. Uh, yes? I've heard of one place, Chief. Your was just locked himself in the trunk. He's here to supervise the loading. He's going to attack now. Good. Stay with that trunk. Don't lose it no matter what happens. I'll head to the storage building at once. Right. Well, that's what we've been waiting for, boys. How about it, Wes? You still leaving, or do you want to go along? What a question to ask me. Come on. Picking up a newspaper cameraman on the way, Hubbard, Pico, Klein, and Barr rolled out Sunset Boulevard to the warehouse. A block from the destination, they see a delivery truck pull up to the entrance of the building. Two men jump out and let down the back seat. Better choose by and get a good look at him, Herman. When you get to the other corner, pull around at some part. I'll see him. Okay, Herman. Come around here and stop. Bar, you and I had better cut across this lot. Herman, you and Cato walk up the other side of the street. We'll let him get the trunk inside and pick up the gear. Two other Herman, you and Cato walk up the other side of the street. So let him get the trunk inside and pick up the grid. Okay, Mr. Oh, Ed. Okay, Mr. Ed. Okay, Mr. Ed.
Mr. Kidd doesn't get wise and take it on the lamb. So far, he doesn't seem to get wise and take it on the lamb. So far, he doesn't seem to have even noticed it. All wrapped up in his work. Uh, hold it a minute. Try to figure out something. Try to figure out something. I didn't want to give her something. I didn't want to get there until they got that punk inside. Okay. Got that punk inside. Okay. Seven? Five. Okay. Seven? I want to get there until they got that punk in. Oh, I noticed it. Oh, wrapped up in his work. Yeah. Hold it in the middle. Try to figure out something. I didn't want to get there until they got that punk inside. Okay. Seven? Already? Let it go. 
All right, Gavro. You might as well come out of there. He's going to play possum. Come on, George. Open up. Are you coming out or do we bust this trunk a bit and pull you out? Maybe he's smothered to death. No, I don't think so. Gavro, I'll give you just one more chance to do your Houdini and come out of there. If you don't, we're going to smash that trunk a bit and you're with him. Look, there's a whole piece of the trunk lifting up. Come on out, Gabriel, and keep your hands in the Don't come. Well, we're not shooting, Gabriel. That's a flashlight picture. I'll stay where you are. You won't get hurt. When you look at that trunk, it's falling all apart. Put the cuffs on you, boys. Right. Come on, Houdini. Here's something for you to play with. See what you can do with them. How'd you do I was in here? You've known all about you for quite a while, Gabriel. But how? No one knew but the kid and I. I'm going to tell you all about it when we get to the station, George. And they got these things here. Yeah. Still got them. Oh, that's too bad. I still don't see why it didn't work. All right, Herman. Suppose you and Ed break them down and them while we look through this trunk. I'm going to make a thorough examination of it. Right. Come on, you two. You can take a little ride. I can't see why it didn't work. How could it have been? Oh, you're looking at this pair of Charge to pass the time away, bandages, and iodine in case of injury, a complete set of burglar tools, well, food, water, well, this is practically a completely furnished house. Did you get a picture of the last night? Sure, didn't you see that guy not to cut the pieces when I cut that flat powder off? That's right. I'd almost forgotten it in the excitement. That was what scared the boy, though. He thought he'd been killed. Guys, <laughs> right for a minute. Uh, you ought to be more careful with your flash guns, man. Because the bird would come out shooting. Which reminds me, that's the one thing he hasn't got in this trunk. A gun. You're right. I guess he just figured it was a foolproof scheme and he wouldn't need one. He had just about everything figured but that. <laughs> that was all when the boy held on charges of attempted burglary. When the day arrives for the trial. The case of George Gavreau and Ed Silver versus the state. Are the defendants present? Gavreau is here, Your Honor, but I don't see the other defendant, Mr. Silver. Uh, perhaps Mr. Uh, Harris knows. He's supposed to be here, Your Honor. If the court pleases to take a short recess, I'll go over to the jail and see what's detaining him. We will take a short recess. The bridge of size goes Miss Harris to the old county jail, scrutinizing the prisoners he passes, looking for the strangely absent Silver. A friend who leads the detective to Silver's cell, where the boy is lying on his cot. Silver. Silver. Get up. He was supposed to be in court a half hour ago. Better open the cell, thank you. Well, he's trying to pull a fast one. Yes, sir. Come on, Silver. There's no use trying to get out of this. He can't move. Turn him over. Poor kid. Couldn't stand the all. Looks like it was heart trouble. Well, he's better off this way, I guess. Just goes to show, thank you, that there's no way you can beat the law and win. Silver beats the rap by the surest way, death. Gavro, so-called mastermind burglar, is sentenced to the maximum term prescribed by law, 
for the crime of attempted burglary, and after serving his sentence was deported from this country as an undesirable alien. And so ends the story of one of the most ingenious plots I have ever run into. Had it not been for that mysterious letter, Gavro might have been able to carry out his scheme and even now be living off the thousands of dollars of loot. But, fortunately for a great many people, such was not the case. And as the result of our discovery, trunks left in storage are thoroughly inspected before being allowed to be placed in the warehouse or bank vault. Thus, my advice to anyone who might wish to try this scheme is, it might have worked once, but it won't work now. You can't commit crime and get away with it.